Hi everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. Some days I wish I could bonk my head and forget my memory and wake up as a child. Oh wait, no I don't. That's incredibly stupid. But that's what we have to deal with this week. Calling this a... He's the child, Matt. That's... We're not... He is not... This is not... Okay. We're gonna... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, we are not alone. We are we are joined on this suspicious occasion by Greg, the movie mutant himself, uh, my new co-host on our new podcast. Greg, how are you? I'm good, Robbie. Hello, Matt. This is howdy, cool. Howdy. This is I've I've never been on a Simpsons podcast before, and uh, I actually I probably haven't watched The Simpsons in in 15 years. That's the normal answer. Uh, most people that's, that's say a smart answer say, right now. Say things like that. Uh, yeah, Greg and I are starting a podcast called the Cult Video Vault, in which Greg and I uh, we 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 go into the vault and pick out a cult classic and discuss whether or not it deserves to be regaled as a cult classic or it's just absolute trash and it doesn't deserve any of the hype. Or it's both. It is trash, but it is absolutely still a cult classic. Uh, our first well, ep- I mean, yeah. <laughs> our first episode is out now. Uh, we our first episode is Troll Two. Uh, the there will be a link in the show notes for you to go check it out, or you just go go find Cult Video Vault. Will be in every single possible podcast place. Yeah, or, the, or- the best worst movie ever made. Possibly, it's one of them. It's one of them. It's absolutely an experience, and uh, you can go check out our, our podcast. And Greg's going to join us for this pretty pretty bad episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> wow! Wow! Uh, I've, uh, let's see. Uh, we'll do this. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month to gain access to all our bonus content. $5 a month to gain access to that much, much more. We have someone to thank, Matthew. Fantastic. Carl Lombardi. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. This week's episode is The Full Monty, episode NABFO1, originally on November 21st, 2010, written by Michael Price, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, received a 3.6 rating with 6.6 million viewers. The couch gag is an homage to James Cameron's avatar. The Simpsons uh, become Navi, and Bart tames a wild flying couch, and then the Simpsons sit on it. Wearing 3D glasses, though. Wearing 3D glasses. Which was the thing. Because that's how you got to watch Avatar. Hey, that was the thing. That was like, hey, everything's 3D for a while. I mean, yeah, and then there was, oh, 3D sucks. Let's go back to making putting more pixels on the screen. <laughs> this James, James Cameron favorite activity. It's like, how many can we fit in there? Um, this episode guest stars Terry W. Green as Sergeant Activity, who is an action figure. Terry, Terry Green is, again, I think he was on a one bar an episode not too long ago where he but he has worked on the show for a while and then he very occasionally does like a voice um this is he does like a soldier soldier man action figure voice in this episode uh greg before we get into this episode proper what is your history with the simpsons uh i grew up with the simpsons i i watched it as it aired originally uh, I even saw it on the Tracy Ullman show um, before it was The Simpsons. Uh, I love 
those early episodes. Uh, they're absolute classics and ingrained in my DNA. I uh, love to, to quote them with my friends while we were going to school. Uh, and then I grew up and <laughs> uh, found other things. And The Simpsons completely lost my interest. Uh, it's always been in the zeitgeist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did watch The Simpsons movie when it came out. Uh, I've seen a handful of the video game stuff that's come out. Uh, and the only time I've actually ever seen The Simpsons air in real time is if I'm at a restaurant and it's <laughs> on a television in the background. Can you recall like the year, a yearish when you stopped watching? Oh hell, uh, maybe late nineties. Okay, ninety ninety nine two thousand. See and the, then... the drop off. That's most people's drop off is like season nine, ten, eleven, which is in that very early two thousands era. That's when yeah, people... we'd all we'd all switched over to uh, South Park. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think that's likely, and I think it very poorly influenced the show because the show tried to be South Park and then did not do a very good job of it. This yeah. week's episode begins with very, str- I don't know what is going, like, I don't even know what this, I don't know what is going on in this whole episode. I feel like I'm, it, like, it was one of those episodes that test me, Matt. I don't know what I, so it starts with a secret media meeting in the Statue of Liberty. I'd like to call to order this secret conclave of America's media empires. We're here to come up with the next phony baloney crisis to put Americans back where they belong in dark rooms glued to their televisions too terrified to skip the commercials. Well, I think... NBC, you are here to listen and not speak. I think we should go with a good old-fashioned public health care. Yeah. A new disease. No one's immune. It's like the summer of the shark, except instead of a shark, it's an epidemic. And instead of summer, it's all the time. That is smoking. Now, I hate to be the guy who derails what everybody else loves. He loves being that guy. But, Janice, we do have standards. This can't be a made-up disease. The only moral thing to do is release a deadly virus into the general public. We do have something we've been holding on to, but it hasn't been tested. Get over here, NBC. Uh, well, well, we certainly believe in testing, but I... Oh, oh. Wow. Wow. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, we've got our deadly disease. Now, we just have to blame it on something that's in every household, something that people are a little bit afraid of already. House cat flu is coming, people. The Center for Disease Disinformation predicts with some degree of probability that the house cat flu might spread in the following hypothetical outbreak pattern. So petter beware, that warm body on your lap just might be ready to destroy your tender fiddles. Okay. I I actually do not mind this setup at all. If If the entire episode <laughs> followed this... I would have, especially because we're all, we've been through a pandemic recently. It's very uh, familiar, right? Uh, well, yeah, the the most recent, uh, uh, the new Simpsons episode was basically them it, trapped inside during a pandemic. In the new so, in like, newer season. It was yeah. there. It was there. The, the setup was there, but God. I was in, I was in my follow-up question, Greg, is does this ever come up again after like the first five minutes of the episode? Nope. No, it's always forgotten. 
that's it's well, completely throw. It's a throwaway thing, man. It's an in, it, it's an inciting incident to an inciting incident to an inciting incident. Then, like like all of a sudden, like it, that that deadly disease doesn't exist anymore for the rest of the episode, even though nobody got the vaccine. I don't think too much about it. That's uh, that's that's what this. Okay, so yeah, we have uh, and yeah, this is the this is the inciting incident to the inciting incident to the inciting incident. This never comes up again. This becomes an episode sort of about burns. It's hard to actually. Like, I don't know really what this episode, things happen in this episode, but it doesn't really ever get to anything. Um, we have a cat gag, cat gag montage, lots of gags about cats and spreading diseases. Literal gags. Literally gags. Uh, then we discover vaccine has been released and the, the everyone's waiting in line for the vaccine. You would think this becomes important. It does not become important. Uh, because this is all to get us to Burns being a villain. That's all the, the <laughs> yeah, because because all... that was never established. <laughs> so this the, the, this is all so that Burns can steal a bunch of the vaccine. He takes a bunch of the uh, thirty seven, I think it was, uh, doses of the vaccine. One for him and Smithers, and then a bunch for his dogs. The hounds. Um, the hounds. Matt, uh, this, this is the point where Matt blames his cat for destroying all of my notes, which I'm going to bring up and shame him publicly for. You can do that all you want, but I hit Control-Z and all your notes came back. So me, 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 I, me. I tried to hit Control-Z, Matt, and it came all, all weird. And I don't know what was going That's on. because it was... Uh, it was me who did it. So you can't undo something that I did. So as soon as I got back to my keyboard with a cat on it, I hit control Z well, and it came right maybe, back. Hey, Matt, you don't want to say it? Maybe you should control your cats. Maybe it You're telling me I should tell Sweets Leo what to do? <laughs> How dare you? I'm going to tell him you said that. No, don't no, tell it, Leo. It had the house cat flu. No, it had the house cat flu, exactly. So <laughs> Burns, Burns takes the vaccine, gets the vaccine given to him, I guess, by his own personal doctor, uh, which a guy we've never seen before and we will never see again. I'm sure this guy is based on some character from some movie that I'm not familiar with. He's drawn to specifically. Yeah, it feels like this is a reference to something. I don't know what it is. But uh, we learn from this doctor that Burns is dying. Ah, I feel as hale and hearty as an eohippus. Uh, Mr. Burns, I did little blood work earlier today, and I'm afraid I've got a bit of hard news. Spit it out, Doctor. I haven't got all day. Yes, you certainly don't. You see, I'm afraid you're dying. <laughs> dying? Yes, it's a number of factors, really. Whooping cough, hectic fever, cancromotis, Wellington's ooze, the Lambeth Plague, and skull collapse. How long do I have? Five, six weeks tops. You might live to see the wheat-eared warbler return to Swinton Park, but I wouldn't count on it. You want me to tell the employees, sir? No, it's better that they hear it from me. I'll tell them the truth in the simplest way I know how. Burns is dying, apparently. So, wait a minute. Wasn't there an episode where, like... They use the like disease door, mm-hmm. talking it about sure how how they have how Mister Burns literally has everything, but it it is well, such yeah, a so perfect synchronization. Is, is, is certain diseases just got out of balance, and now he's dying immediately. 
it the, um, the, I, the yes this is a recycled gag that's the other like yeah that's that yes that yes uh it is what season was that i want to say eight i think that's uh i want to say that's matt do you remember okay, season 11 episode 12 well, season 11 Mr. yeah okay um i okay so birds is dying um he has lots of diseases and he needs to tell everyone uh, he does that by throwing a big party, inviting everyone, I guess, in town there, or at least everyone. Yeah, there. not even, not just the employees. Not just in employees, but everyone in town is there. Um, and this party really is just a way to kick off that everyone hates Mr. Burns and is happy that he is dying. Good evening. I have very sad news for all of you. Or maybe he's going to jack up our electric rates. Ooh. I will have to hand crank my wiener warmer. Hand crank my wiener warmer. The truth is, I'm dying. Hell yeah! Finally, a break for the black man. This better not be a gag. It's not. My days are Roman numeraled. Yeah! Stop this. Stop this at once, Sorrel. Well, what? You're just going to die soon anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm warning you. You are making a very powerful temporary enemy. Sir, you'd better not rile them up. The first course is oysters on a half shell. I see. I'm well and truly hated. However, you will change your tune when you see the legacy I'm leaving behind me. I'm leaving all my money to an orchard that will grow inedible me-shaped fruits. They're as addictive as they are poisonous. Melt his ice sculpture! It's starting to drip! <laughs> wow. <laughs> so all of this to get to the point where, oh, everyone hates Burns. Okay. Yeah, we haven't we haven't gone through twenty seasons of that. Uh twenty-one and, and changed at this point, Greg. Um I Okay, this is the first act, and this is what we are, we are where we got to is that Burns is knows that he's dying, and he knows that everyone hates him. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I, okay. I'm trying to, you know, I've I I I've never seen this episode before today. Try and be generous, and and hopeful. Maybe this will turn into something. It certainly it could be something we've kind of seen this generic plot before we've seen episodes where burns realizes he's hated we've seen plots where burns is sick and dying uh maybe this will put a new spin on it and i guess it does in so a, in uh, a bad way quick quick sidebar the the style of writing how has it is it are all the episodes during this time period like this where it's just like a gatling gun of gags that kind of don't work that's Correct. a great that's a great way to describe it actually yeah that's really I'm glad you're here greg that's the, the gatling gun of bad gags yes because there's no breath like even listening to the clips it's just like bam 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 it's like whoa whoa and it's not it none of them are connected it's just completely disjointed from one thing to the next this is a question we ask every week, Greg. Okay, and then you, you get to be a part of it. Did you laugh at anything in this episode? Uh, I did snicker 
at the Mr. Burns tree. Okay. Um, um, then he was leaving all of his money to create an addictive tree that also poisons you. I um, that because that that's very Mr. Burns. I uh, I I didn't laugh, but I did smile when Lenny. And you heard we heard in that clip when when he goes, "This better not be a gag." That I got that got me for whatever reason. I don't know why. I smiled at that. I didn't really laugh. Matt, did you laugh? Not really. Uh, I think the only thing I kind of smiled at was the Grave Matthews band that plays at Burns's party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a sucker for like the Mel Brooks sign gags. Uh, and yeah, that one that one is very. I, I like the way that the bass player looked. He looked like a haunted mansion employee. Like he looked. Like... <laughs> I think there's like there's those little things where you go, oh, that's fun. Um, but otherwise, I didn't really laugh out loud at much in this episode. No. And it gets way worse as the episode gets old. This early stuff is the best of it, honestly. Yeah, it definitely spirals. Uh, we go to our first commercial, 8 minutes and 48 seconds. And when we get back, we get the uh, revelation uh, that Burns has decided that he is going to end his life because he wants to go out on his own terms. Uh, unfortunately for Burns, somehow he jumps off of a cliff gets hit by a plane because everyone knows that commercial jetliners fly below the levels of, you know, cliffs outside of a small American town. Very close to a cliff. Very close to a cliff. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Unless my, my thing was Burns was going to be so light that he just flies out to sea. But no, if that happened, (laughs) they didn't show it to us. That would have worked. This this is, he, this, this whole episode, like at this point on, it is, absurd levels of cartoonishness like it is beyond looney tunes it is like they they there even if if there is like not even a pretense of hewing to reality or even a sense of reality it's just like oh in this scene burns bounces off an airplane and the next scene burns falls off a building and he's fine you're like okay Okay, what are we doing here? What is this? Why? Hey, yep. So, uh, as I pointed out, this is incredibly dumb. <laughs> but Burns uh, eventually hits a bunch of trees and falls to the ground, uh, where Bart finds him, because Bart is out poking poop. Bart pokes Burns, thinking that he's dead, uh, and that wakes Burns up. But Burns has completely forgotten who he is and is now a nice person, or at least a very naive person. Uh, mm-hmm. Burns has the... Matt, he's not. They this Burns is like a two-year-old child. He's well, that's what I was gonna say. He he has the brain of a child, a very very young child. a baby. Oatmeal. It, he calls oatmeal him, brained. Oatmeal brained and calls himself oatmeal. And <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. So even the way that he's dressed, it's very. It feels recycled from. Uh, I bring you love. Yeah, Springfield Files. Absolutely, uh, Springfield Files on this. Um, I like it's like it is like you're just as you're watching, you're like, oh, this is that episode. This is that. They, they just took a bunch of Burns greatest hits from a bunch of other Burns old Burns episodes and just kind of sprinkled them in. And what I, I can't imagine I, that would happen. They would. They would never. I know. I I shouldn't say a thing like that. They would never do that. Never. Ever. Ever. So. Uh, it's just so dumb. So Burns doesn't remember anything, and he has the mind of a child. So Bart takes him home. Uh, as Robbie said, Burns takes the name Oatmeal. Oh, when they get home, um, 
Bart tries to hide Burns because obviously his entire family hates him. So he hides him in the closet. Marge comes in extremely suspicious and Bart says, oh, I was playing with my action figure doll. It's Hawks. Uh, the aforementioned, uh, who did you say? Oh, Terry W. Green does Sergeant Activity's Sergeant voice. Sergeant Activity, who's uh, like, mm-hmm. uh, like a doll about like, it, it's like talking about like committing genocide or something. No, 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 no. He just says, buy more of me. Oh, well, that, the I first mean... time after that, there's talk of genocide. Okay, good. I, at least I didn't imagine it. I, I did. I did, sure? I did kind of snicker as a parent because that's exactly what you end up doing. Buy more. Just buy more. Just be, be completely honest with what we're trying to do. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So uh, Marge, Marge's suspicions are allayed. And Bart finds Burns in the closet eating the guts out of a doll because he's so dumb. Well, they do the so they do the ET, right? right. Yeah, that's that's the whole oh, that's yes. the whole gag is that right before the you know he shuts the closet, he does the elongated ET net neck right there, so it sets it up that oh okay this is an ET gag, and then they just do the ET gag by putting e- an ET stuffed animal in the closet. Next to Mr. Burns, and she doesn't see, you know, anything wrong with that. So they try to pull in a gag or a reference to pop culture, but damn, like obviously, like it didn't, it didn't do anything. But what is this driving uh, toward? Yeah. What is the point of all this? That's where I'm like, I'm waiting. Like, what is this? It's just another gag, man. It's it's the we're gonna we're gonna continue to throw you until. You laugh. Uh, Burns is eating the guts of a life in Helldoll. A little rabbit whose name I can't remember. Meanwhile, Smithers is drinking away his sorrows now that Mr. Burns is dead. Hey, pal, you look like you lost your best friend. Uh, He was more than a friend. He was the reason I got up in the morning. (laughs) Because he would inject me with coffee at 6 a.m. in the back of the head. My new boss will never take his place. New boss, huh? What's he like? <clears throat> oh, a lot like my old boss. Ruthless, went to Yale, made a fortune in energy. Basically hairless. Oh, yeah. He likes to stack men naked. Guess that's a start. For those of you who haven't seen the epi- episode, uh, Smithers' new boss is Dick Cheney. Because if there's ever been a real-life Mr. Burns... Dick Cheney's probably the closest we're going to get. Yeah. I Again, what is the point of this? Gags, probably, yeah, because the man. plot isn't funny enough on its own. I, I, you got to make... This is our perfect opportunity to make fun of Dick Cheney. 2010 is the perfect opportunity to make fun of Dick Cheney? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, because he's not in power anymore. So most people who have forgotten about him, I mean, it's a recognition I, gag. Going, oh, that's right. Dick Cheney was I, terrible. I, I, I forgot about Matt, that. It is literally like it is infuriating to me now watching this and they're like oh look at all these jokes we're making about dick cheney i'm like they he was in office for eight years i watched every simpsons episode that aired in during those eight years guess what not a single dick cheney joke and as soon as he's out of office oh now we'll just make jokes about him i'm like yeah you, you couldn't do that in 2003 2005 have the guts it, no it is it's too, this is toothless this needs nothing yeah well, yeah, they're if you're punching not down. shots at people who, yeah, well, they're, they're not punching down. They're just punching way back into time <laughs> because it's like if, if you're if you're punching at somebody who doesn't matter anymore, what's the point? It's like, oh, we're being edgy by going after the establishment. Yeah, the establishment a decade ago. Good job. 
Well, no one cares. It was six years ago, Matt. Come on, six, not a decade. Be, right. be honest. Six years ago. I, it's we'll more about, like, it's also these are just, the, like, Smithers does not matter to this story. This, if it, if anything matters. Why are we following True. Smithers? No one, why, like, why? We shouldn't be, because Smithers doesn't mean anything to this, this. If this story is about anything, it is about the town and Burns. Why are we spending, t- wasting time, like, and if you're going to be showing me. That's it. If you're going to be showing Smithers. We're, we're, we're filling time. Filling. Oh, wow. Greg, you just one episode. You're not even. We're not even halfway through this episode. You are already with it. You understand perfectly the Simpsons of this era. <laughs> we got we got 23 minutes to fill. 21. There's more commercials. More commercials in season 22. Dude, the couch gag was so long. Mm, there you go. You're picking up <laughs> on it. There you go. Like. Yeah, they just kind of take their. T- I think it's weird though. Like they take their time to fill up this space, but then again, the jokes are so rapid fire that it's like you're you're not taking any time to let a joke hit. But now we're just filling stuff. Ah, oh, man, this is really really tough. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Why do you guys do this to yourself? It's a good question. I think because about we it. We started on the good years and now we <laughs> we we're stubborn. We're very stubborn men. That is actually the answer. We're very hard headed. Um, what happens next? Masochist. So, uh, coming up next, we see Burns' funeral, where a bunch of wonderful ish people <laughs> have showed up uh, to spit on his grave, including the people in the twenty one gun salute. Uh, Marge mentions that she hopes that spit goes to good use, which. There you go, Marge, thinking of the circular economy. But while watching his funeral, Mr. Burns gets away from Bart, who is apparently bathing the however-year-old man. And so the family now understands that Burns is not dead. And then we go to a commercial. Dude, seriously, bathing a thousand-year-old man? Naked. Completely naked. Good for Bart for being a responsible human owner. Yes, I was drinking gasoline. Oh, boy, wow. I mean, that's the thing, Matt. Like, we go back from commercial twelve minutes and thirty four seconds, and that is be- that becomes mo- like I guess it's not really. It's just the third act, where like every act of this is a different story, and it is absolutely frustrating because you never know what's going on. I don't know why why this has become the focal point of just even this act, uh, because this third act, the question is becoming like. Oh, what should we do with this shell of a man who used to be evil and now is uh, m- mentally uh, the, has a werewolf of like a toddler? What do we do? Uh, the family uh, is split marginally, so want to be human and be nice. Uh, Barton and especially Homer want to torture this man. Uh, they hate him. They want to use him for whatever weird thing. Some Homer muses about fantasy football or something i which i don't oh my yeah he will do my bidding on a fantasy football auction auction that's yeah. which i know what that is and i know i like i think i understand the gag isn't that oh bidding is the same it's the thing you do at an auction but i okay so okay uh they take so lisa's and Marge's idea is we'll take him to this smartest we'll take him to the town and let them decide uh, and and we cut directly to a town meeting where Burns is sitting in a bird cage on stage in the town auditorium, and the town, the mayor, and everybody is debating what to do. And Lisa uh, makes a plea uh, on, 
on behalf of Burns. All those in favor of treating Mr. Burns the way he messed with us say aye. Aye! People of Springfield, to quote Shakespeare, the quality of mercy is not strained. Boo! You know, takes a lot for an eight-year-old to stand up in front of the whole town. Eight-year-old? I always thought you were a midget. We're called little people, and I'm not one. People of Springfield, as a nerd, I understand your desire for revenge. But this sweet, harmless man is not the same remorseless monster who tormented us all. He's close enough. Yeah, Seaside Heights ain't Maui, but uh, you take what you can get. Whoa. Oh. What? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Seaside Heights ain't Maui. I, I That noise Melissa makes at the very end of that clip, that like, uh, is this, that's what I felt <laughs> this entire episode. I just, I'm like, what is happening? Why is this yeah. going on? This is torturous. Uh, I don't know what, who that, like, that was like a weird Fonzie slash, like, a uh, dice yeah, caricature. Yeah, like. Jersey Shore, Dice Man, I don't know. But it, I talking about I don't I don't know what that is. I'm sure it might be referencing something. I don't know what it is. Um, we cut back. To is is that a, is that a, I, I think that's kind of a problem. Like it it's happened multiple times in this episode so far, where they'll make a reference to something that I'm like I don't get it. I don't know what that is. Am I am am I the dumb one? Am I stupid? Because I, think, I don't get that reference. Am I so out of touch? Am no, I right. so out of I mean... It, it's not me. It's the children. It's... <laughs> well, I think a lot of the times when they reference things, it's not just that, oh, I don't understand that reference. It's because choosing references... Like, if you think back about it, when I saw Cape Fear for the first time, Sideshow Bob, right? Killing, hunting down the family... <laughs> And I'd never seen Cape Fear the movie, either of them, right? I hadn't seen the original or the remake with De Niro. I'd never seen those movies. I didn't need to because it still makes sense without understanding the reference. Like, I still play it on its own. It works on itself. And then when you go back and watch the reference material, you have a little bit more appreciation. You go, oh, right. I get this. You get these extra layers. But, like, this is a thing that happened even in our last episode, uh, which uh, our listener on Twitter told, told like there's a reference to Roger and me, the documentary with, uh, wow. With, uh, what's his face? Um, I think it was Michael Moore, Michael Moore's documentary. And in last week's episode, the lady in Roger and me, who's like, uh, has raises rabbits and slaughters them is in that episode is in last it was our last episode neither matt nor i recognized it i haven't seen roger and me probably in 20 years and i was just like suddenly i'm like oh right that but why is it in that episode it has no there's no context for it it doesn't make sense it's literally like they it popped out of thin air let's have this the rabbit lady from roger and me in an episode and it's the same thing in here where we get like that doctor for for Mr. Burns. We have we have this uh, this dice. Hey, 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 this guy. And you're like, well, well, why? And what does it mean? It's not funny on itself. And like it, if it relies you on someone only knowing the reference to be funny, it shouldn't be included at all. It should the reference yeah. should, should buoy it, should add a layer, but not be the only thing it does. 
the the that that's Family Guy. Family Guy can just make empty references, uh, and a lot, and that's largely a lot of times my complaint with Family Guy is that like a lot of the time the joke is there is a reference. There there is no other. But even even they will point out whenever it's super obscure. You know that they they become very self aware that they know they're making a very obscure reference that you're probably not going to get, and they'll make a joke about that. Where yeah, this is just completely well, it, well, disconnects the, the audience. And the, there's a, here's, if they have to specify like this is an obscure reference and it only makes sense if you know it, then I don't choose something else. Rewrite the, rewrite your episode. And but I could say that Agreed. about I would say that about this entire episode is a hey, rewrite your episode because again this feels like a rough draft. This feels like hey we had a bunch of different stuff and we assembled it and it's not it doesn't it feels like that and that should be invisible. You shouldn't notice any of that stuff. That stuff should just you should know that I that they assembled a bunch of weird scenes and made it work together. Um so we have a scene with Dick Cheney again and Smithers. Smithers is pulling the wings off of bees. <laughs> again, yeah. it's just a, it's just a scene. There's no that's all like here, Cheney's uh, uh, mean. That's the like he's a he's an evil man. That's the that's what we have here. I'm like, I don't what does this have to do with anything? Um yeah. We have an extended sequence, extended montage, I guess, of Burns being passed around the town on his revenge tour, where different members of the town take custody, I guess, of Burns and his like toddler brain and do what they want with him. Yeah, dude, it's weird. It's It's super, super weird. I, I, what is this? This is yeah. no longer th- and like this this is what I think I, I think the the moment that really broke me was seeing uh Otto with so Burns. We we start with Homer. Yeah, that made no sense. We start with Homer and he marches Burns through a construction site and we have like a baby's day out type sequence yeah. here where he narrowly avoids a bunch of construction equipment and, and stuff. Uh, There's always a girder. There's always another girder. And then he then Burns falls off of a of a of a swinging girder. Uh, we have a scene with Snake in a poo. A poo has possession of, of Burns. Oof. And Snake who is written very bad this episode, too. It's not, oh yeah, it's, it's not, real bad. It's Holy not, cow! It's not. It's not just this episode, but yes, it is absolutely this episode of a poo. It's terrible in this. Um, then we have a Snake and a Pooh and Mister Burns, and we have Burns with uh, Nelson and like Dolphin Kearney. Like they're all the bullies are are talk would like we have a bit with them. None of this is substantive. Yeah. It is just scene like a 30 second scene they, 30 second don't scene they pull the same they say they pull the exact same joke back to back to back with the bullies all the bullies want the same thing yes yeah, a father, a father fig- figure father figure with burns who's who acts like a toddler so it, i don't understand what's going on uh burns is eventually dropped off back at the simpsons house and this is where we get that auto gag where auto has turned burns he tells lisa he's turned burns into a bong and then he lights Burns's nose or nope. ears nose. Yeah. And then I don't smoke. know where he lights. He definitely sucks out his nose, and then and it smokes out his ear. Smoke comes out of his ears. Uh, Something way a bong works, bro. I say <laughs> <laughs> so he turned him into a pipe. Uh, it it it. I it just 
what is this? Again, what is this? What are we watching? What is this supposed to be? Like, that's the, like, like yeah, none of these jokes are funny. If any of no. them were even a little bit no. funny, I would forgive it a little bit. So that, like, that, that obviously doesn't help. But what is the story of this? Is this about, oh, Burns was evil. Now he's not. And the town is doing the bad, a bad thing because of that fact. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel very comfortable right now with you guys because when I was watching this, I was really concerned because I was, this is bad. This is really bad. Do they like this? Mm -mm. Is this, are they, am I going to get on the podcast and they're going to be like, dude, that was hilarious. No. Oh my gosh. We're full on Stockholm syndrome at this point. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> rise up against your oppressors I, come on i mean we're catching up greg so you, like we're in season 22 the real show's in season 34 you know we're getting there eventually we'll catch up to the the new show and then we'll die and everything will be great <laughs> so what is this is this plot about oh burns we shouldn't we shouldn't do bad things to this evil man we should you know, take the high road and doing evil things uh, like taking revenge against evil man doesn't make you better than him or a good person. And it's actually healthier for you to not to do those things is, is it, or is it about, Oh, Burns has no friends being hateful and therefore he should try and have friends. Like they turn, because that turns, that's what this, like the, some of the stuff in the first, like he commits suicide. Technically he jumps off a cliff, tries to commit suicide because he has yeah. no friends. He's at the end of his life and he's going to die alone. But that isn't what this is about either. It's just about nothing. It's just a, bur- a Burns adjacent nonsense. Um, finally, so we're back at the Simpsons house with Burns and Lisa. Homer is bored with him. Doesn't want to do anything with this weird like weekend at Bernie Burns thing going on. And so he lets Lisa take him. And Lisa takes him back to his mansion. I thought after all you went through, you just might want to spend an hour in a place where you felt at home. Lots of room for friends. Actually, sir, the man who lived here didn't have many friends, but you're a better person than he ever was. (laughs) That's me. Yes, technically it's you, but like I said, people change. And And they can also bloody well change back. Eep. Daddy's home. Eep. Gotta love the eeps. So Burns sees his own picture, and that's enough to bring him, him, brings him back to himself? Yeah, I guess. The plot says so. The plot says he's back to his normal self, so he is. Yeah. And that, like, and there is, there is, like, there is a kernel of like something interesting here, where Lisa is the person. She's like, oh, you know, Burns is like, oh, for, lots of room for friends in here. And Lisa says, oh, the man here had no friend. Man who lived here had no friends. And she, so she, and she's treating oatmeal effectively as a new person, a different person than Burns. And if that was developed became something about how and Bur- maybe Burns does come back and then he realizes oh I was this person who hung out with a bunch of different people and actually sort of we developed weird relationships with them yeah he he pulls an Ebenezer Scrooge it it's something but 
Yeah. There's not. He's back. He's sitting on a skull throne, a vibrating skull throne. When we go to our final commercial at 17 minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, thankfully, the ending is relatively quick. Uh, Burns comes to get Smithers. Uh, he comes by in a old, you know, stunts bear caddish type uh, vehicle in a seersucker suit. Uh, Smithers is overjoyed. Uh, Dick Cheney says, fine, fine, you're going to leave me. I understand. But first, I have to wipe your memory. Pulls out a men in black neuralizer and hits Smithers with it. So Smithers won't remember anything of Dick Cheney. It's not with Dick Cheney. Woo. Thank God that's over. <sighs> so this is where it gets real dumb. So Burns comes back. Oh, wait, well, with, Matt, 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 when it gets real dumb. It's been real dumb for a while now. <laughs> okay, fair. But it gets even worse because now they're making the movie worse. I mean, so okay. Burns comes back in a helicopter with a whole bunch of V-22 Ospreys following him, holding a giant dome. Where have we seen that before? Oh, that's right. Burns got the idea from Under the Dome, a Stephen King novel. But everyone points out, oh, that already happened to us. Also, why did no one try and dig out underneath the thing in the movie? Oh, let's just lampshade that. Let's point out our stupidity and everyone will think find it funny. <sighs> but once that is wrapped up, Burns lands and says, well, what am I going to do? And Marge pipes up with a theory. Mr. Burns, you can't hurt us after all we've done for you. What the devil are you talking about? You were given six weeks to live and you've outlived it. I think what kept you alive was that for once in your life, you were helping other people. Could it be? Perhaps kindness did keep me alive. Young man, would you like a lemon drop? <laughs> it wasn't kindness that was keeping me alive. It was bile building up inside. Loathing is my lifeblood and rage my royal jelly. So, yes, thank you, Springfield, for giving me the secret to eternal life. Hate! You're welcome. So, yes, apparently it was hate keeping Mr. Burns going all along, not love or whatnot, but sure, okay. <sighs> that explains the five to six weeks he was given. I, okay, so... I, I, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why is this? What, like, why are they? Re- why? Like, it's not even just. Oh, like, I. Th- I think it would be. It's not necessarily against Burns' character for the only reason Burns stays alive is because he's so hateful. Because and they like you hear stories about that. You hear anecdotes from people like I had this. I had an uncle, and he was the meanest man alive. He lived to one hundred and five. Uh, despite the fact he smoked cigarettes, drank whiskey every day because he's just so mean. He just wouldn't die. Mm-hmm. And like, I would 100% buy. That's the reason Burns still lives is because he's just so mean. He refuses to die. He's just, it's just force of will. But then they have this scene where his skull collapses because he does a nice thing. And then he takes the candy back and his skull comes, flops back into form. And mm-hmm. it's because of bi- like they try and make it like it's some medical thing. You're like, can't why? Why do you want it? Why do you do this? You don't need to explain this. It doesn't. This can't be ephemeral. This can be just a character trait. It and also, what does this have to do with the rest of this episode? Burns doesn't remember anything that happened. He was, yeah. I. Hmm. And if he was doing something nice, shouldn't he have died during that? I mean, he got his skull crashed in, so, you know, 
Or are you yeah, talking about when he was? Uh, I'm talking about yeah, whenever he was, whenever he was oatmeal, and, and he was technically doing all these nice things. And also, but also, they never. If it w- they never. Th- this episode is effectively over because we have one more scene with a, a, a weird stinger with Nelson. Um, but the whole town, <laughs> the whole town, aside from Lisa and Marge, agreed that we're going to take turns torturing this man, however we feel like it, for for yeah. forever, every single day, and we never reckon with this in this in the story it never is not a point of this like we just go quietly like oh the whole town just kind of went like eh, we don't want to be mean uh but but we're so we're gonna watch over this dude and like that you is not necessarily you could make that a story they don't they just bring it up and then they drop it like what happened we don't care about that anymore that's the mo man from the very beginning bring it up (sighs) drop it bring it up drop it that's why we don't ever hear about the house cat flu again. The house cat flu. <laughs> Indeed. Remember the house cat flu? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Not if you uh, watch this episode. Oh, yeah. Anyone. Okay. So, like Robbie mentioned, at this point, Mr. Burns flies away, content in his spite, only to find Nelson in his helicopter, uh, saying he's more of a father to him than anyone else has ever been. And now uh, Nelson is going to force him to go to Nelson's play. And Nelson, Nelson threatens to kill them all if he doesn't get his way. Uh, so the next scene is Burns at Nelson's play, uh, doing a Virginia Woolf play. Uh, and Nelson is, to his credit, very good. And Mr. Burns says, that's my boy. It's who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. It's not actually written right, by right, Virginia right, Woolf. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm, yes, mm-hmm. I'm, yes, actually, yes. I am very sure. I studied a lot. Virginia Woolf so, was long dead before this the, this play came out. So, yeah. So <laughs> they immediately break their own world by saying, oh, it's the spike keeping him alive. And then he immediately does something nice. Mm-hmm. Also true. Wow. Doesn't even last a minute. No. Not even a minute. We have we have Burns, like, being thoughtful to Nelson. Um, wow. Even though I'm instantly more interested in Nelson portray, you know, Nelson being in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. I'm like, I'm, why isn't this the episode? Can I just watch an episode where they produce this school play with Nelson as the <laughs> lead protagonist of Who's Afraid no, of Virginia dude. Woolf? No, I, we can't have a, a plot that makes sense from beginning to end. I, why I, would we do that? I just want it, like, there's just, I, I, Matt and I talk about this a lot over the years, but I can deal with like a single one or two like cartoonish thing, mm-hmm. but when it is just so heavy, every moment there's not even a moment in this episode where it respects its own reality, where it exactly there's not even a moment where it goes, oh, these are real, these are people, these aren't like caricatures, these are people no. with feelings and thoughts. And they persist after the show is over. Not for a No, second. man. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, we'll rank this at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken or just incredibly stupid? <laughs> Always with the qualifiers. Can we <laughs> can, can just keep it? Yes, it's broken. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Uh-huh. So obviously this is broken, but... Is there a core that's worth saving, or should we just get rid of it altogether? 
I like the first act. Yeah, where like, or, or the or the kickoff, the setup to the flu. I think that if 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 they had stuck with that, that would have been that sets up a really interesting story. I think Matt that you could pick, you you could pick any of the hooks, and if as long as you stick with one and make it a story, mm. it would be fine. Yeah, you could pick. Oh, there's a a, a, a illness, a flu, and and we have a burns. Steals the 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 hoards all the vaccine hoards the vaccine so the town has to band together and get it back like the, yeah. like where you or you could have the one where Burns is realizes he's a villain and has no friends and tries to commit suicide yeah he he does he does the uh, Ebenezer Scrooge yeah and has a has a has a redemption arc. Or, or you could do the one where the town it's and it's not focused on Burns at all. It's focused on the town and the town realizing that they can't sink to Burns's level, that they have to, yeah, be better, be better than him. If they don't want it, you're gonna they'll turn into him if they try and be worse than him to punish to to get vengeance to get revenge, like the you know the No Country for Old Men. Uh, arc you know you revenge revenge is an empty bland road you know you're you're it's a road to nowhere um any of those is a story but all of them mishmash together with a bunch of bad gags it does feel like mad libs (laughs) yeah it's it's like an exquisite corpse like it's just like you feel like someone wrote the first act and then they hand it on to someone else and you write the second act without seeing the, without really seeing the first act. It's like, it's like that. It's like, well, what's, yeah. I, I think, but here before I move any, like, yes, either any of those three would be perfectly fine, but all the, the, the show has done versions of all of those three episodes before this, there have yeah. been, there's been versions of this episode, all three of those. And, I, I'm not saying you can't reuse plots. The show is at this point, um, you know, almost 500 episodes. Go ahead, go crazy. I understand it's been around for 20 years. You're going to start reusing some elements of plots that you've done before, but w- just make it like keep it simple, stupid. Like I don't like wh- this is so complicated and write jokes that are funny. I don't know. Like that's the thing that you can't. We can't just hand wipe away. The gags I, just do not I, land. I got a question. Oh no. In, in the world of television, we have seen shows come and go at the drop of a hat. What has kept The Simpsons on for this long? I mean, knowing that the quality has dropped revenue. significantly. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know if I've asked you this question specifically, Greg, but I'll ask you uh, now and I'll probably end up asking you many times. Um, if you had a money machine, a, mon- a machine that printed money. Would you turn it off? But but is it is it really making money? Absolutely. I, I here's another stat. I mean, yes, the ratings do go down, but they do never fall below like the rate of depreciation of cable viewers. Um, they it's still obviously got enough viewers that they continue to make it. Um, but also, really, yes. Uh, but also, even now, I think in the first year that Disney Plus ran, The Simpsons had the most viewers of anything on the platform. Nothing, no, no one, nothing got more numbers than the Simpsons. Yeah. But I'm talking, you're telling me that when the Simpsons airs on Fox, that 
like millions of people still watch it as it airs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Man, I don't know about that. I mean, I I'm, I see the numbers. I would so yes, they're definitely the. I mean, I think even recently it's starting to get below millions because just there's just not that many people that watch broadcast television as it and, airs and anymore. And that's what I'm kind of getting at is like there there's so little broadcast TV being watched. This 2010, yes, there's still plenty of people watching it. Yeah. Like I, I the number. What did I say at the very beginning? Six million viewers of this episode. On six point six million viewers yes. in twenty ten. In twenty ten, nothing must have been happening. I mean, it is there is a people are creatures of routine, and they will watch the show. They just turn it on because they always have turned it on, and they will it continue. Comes on Sunday nights. Sunday nights, eight o'clock. Still does. Now Fox pays Disney for it, <laughs> so there's even extra revenue uh, because Disney owns it. But Fox continues to want to air it, you know, as a matter of tradition. So. Fox continues to pay Disney to, for the production of the show a little bit. Um, yeah, it still makes money. And think about merchandising. Think about the the, the the theme parks. Think about. I mean, you can you can merchandise the dog out of something without it being actively on the air. I mean, they just just look at Looney Tunes, right? Like, there's we haven't had a consistent Looney Tunes anything. I. Produce, but we will always see merch. You yourself said it. They will cancel shows at the drop of a hat. If they're not canceling it, it's because they look at the numbers and they go, "Oh, that number's big enough. Let's keep doing it." That's crazy to me. I mean, do you think executives are watching this? No, (laughs) the executives don't watch this. They just go. They see that it's made, and they see the numbers, and they go, "Oh, it's still making this amount, and it's still getting this many viewers." Okay. And in the, I think there is, uh, and in even Put my conspiracy theory hat on, and say it's all all of the Nielsen numbers where they're getting them are just from like sports bars that have the Simpsons on the TVs. I I would say that there is also uh, with the Simpsons specifically that even I think even if the Simpsons ever were at the precipice of being canceled, which I don't think they ever have been. Okay, I I doubt there ever has been a moment where they went, eh, maybe we should stop The Simpsons. I don't think it's ever happened. If that did happen, if it was ever on the edge, if it was like, oh, it's breaking even or it's just not making enough, I think they would say, but it's The Simpsons. It's there's a matter. There's like a a, like, oh, we are still The Simpsons is still going and I don't want to be the person to stop it. Because it's, know, it's an, everything it's, comes it's, to an end. Mash it, came to an end and it was beloved and it was watched by. I mean, it broke numbers on how many people watched the season, the series finale of MASH. I mean, <sighs> we got five more years of The Simpsons is what I'm guessing. I'm, I'm going to guess they go to season 40 and then they call it under a nice round number and we'll get one more movie after that. Will they ever cancel it if a major cast member dies? No, they'll just they'll just either recast them or use AI voice. Whoa. I mean, yeah, you, sure that'll be part of their new contracts whenever they uh, get around to doing this. Oh, you allow us to use AI to replicate your voice. Wow. Probably. I mean, that's my guess. Like, we've had this discussion before, too. But, like, do you think about, like, every time there's a new Batman show, do you go, oh, this, they, they don't have the... They're, they're not, they don't have Kevin Conroy anymore. They use someone else. Or Scooby-Doo. Like, those, all those Scooby-Doo cast members have been changed multiple times. Frank Welker has been there from the very beginning. Frank but, Welker. But, I mean, Frank Welker uh, will pass just like all the members of uh, of The Simpsons, and they will continue to make Scooby-Doo. Right. But, again, all of those, I think, I think those examples 
those have seen different iterations. Like we haven't seen different Simpsons shows, right? We've Not only yet. had the Simpsons. I'm, I think it's crazy though that they haven't done that. Like we've seen spinoffs from Family Guy uh, and a ton of other shows to try to expand their universe and get more more viewers. Simpsons has never done that, and they made one movie. I mean, my guess is that Matt Groening said, I'll let you do it. I want a lot of money, though. And then they went, oh, I guess not. Oh, yeah. They got to be making bank. That's my guess. Um, so Sorry. Ma- no, you're fine. That's why, uh, I mean, those are all important questions um, <laughs> that we have pondered over di- different times. And it's always the same, like, I don't know. It's still going. It must be wow. making money. Like, they would cancel it if it stopped, right? Yeah, probably. Despite the fact the quality has gone completely downhill. Uh, fix this episode, Matt? Yes, it's broken. Fix it. Make either, any of those plots cohesive. That's really it. I don't know. I don't want it. I don't want to. I'd go back and watch. Just want, go back and watch Springfield Files again. Like, just do that. Much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Constant News Group is where our listeners, our supporters on Patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show, they leave their thoughts, their feelings about a, about an episode. I'll read them on the air. First from Tim. I wanted to care about this, but found myself repeatedly looking at the episode's timestamp. The writers have any better ideas than to indicate Mr. Burns' weight as 37 pounds? Like a recent episode that I had a hard time paying attention to, I've elected not to give this a second viewing. Not overtly offensive, I guess, so rank at number 415, but certainly not canon and could be fixed by giving the viewers something to care about. I'm guessing one set of questions will come from who shot Mr. Burns, similarly themed effort for which the writers did not mail it in. Uh, from Derek, I uh, don't know. I don't um, know um, what. Look, it's really hot, really, really hot here in Brussels at the moment. Like, it's really, really hot. I'm on the brink of delirium at this point. That episode did not help. Where do you even begin? This episode makes you loathe every tertiary, secondary, and main character in the show, so congrats on such a feat, I guess. Makes you sigh for what has become a Burns, one of the best adversaries in TV history reduced to this. It also makes you scratch your head. Each increasingly stupid turn it takes across the 20-minute runtime to the point you feel you had a full lobotomy. Humor attempts are pitiful. The meta-dome gag wasn't working for you, was it, fellas? Say what you will about Family Guy, but they deliver their meta gags with complete confidence. And when The Simpsons try to copy that, they do it in so in such an unsure manner that it falls flat on its face. <laughs> Much like Mr. Burns in this episode. Yeah, dude. They 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 pointed out clearly that they want you to become oatmeal. Uh, and I I also just the thought of that. I just want to mention that Burns is locked in a bird cage at one point in this episode. He then acts like a bird. Oh yeah. He he eats he eats a lot of weird stuff this episode. Pecks away, he pecks at birdseed, a giant glob. Of, he pecks at it yeah. with, his, with his nose. It doesn't even make sense. From JJ, this was gross. I'm never going to feel sympathy for Mr. Burns, but if you ignore the fact that it's him, then this episode about the entire town abusing a mentally disabled man. Scenes of Burns acting like E.T., getting put in a giant birdcage, or trying to, I think, hump Sam's little helper, dear God, are genuinely disturbing, or at least would be if it wasn't so dumb. The only characters written like human beings are Marge and Lisa. They should have given Burns amnesia instead of reducing to the mental state of a child. But then we still have that really dumb attempted suicide scene. This premise feels more suited to an episode of South Park with how messed up it is, except South Park has jokes. It normally says something. This is just cruel, pointless, and anti-Simpsons. I hated it. Worst of the season so far. Oof. I mean, we're only like five, four or five episodes into the season, so... 
It might be. Set setting the bar. It might be the worst one. I'm not sure. Uh, finally from Dara, the Fox News copter being unbalanced and not being fair made me laugh, as well as the dome and Maggie wanting to shoot Burns. That's it. That's the only good of this episode. Maybe the premise could have been done better by Golden Age writers, but in season 22, it just kept getting more dumb and dull. Somewhat worse than last week's episode, making it the new fifth best episode of season 22. I think it is worse than last week's. That's really not saying much. No, it is, but it is worse than last I think it is worse than last week's. I think, I, I think I'm there now after pondering for a second. Um, that's it. If you'd like to join our cavalcade of calamity, our parade of pain, support us at any level on our Patreon. You can leave your reviews. I'll read them on the air. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite gag involving Millhouse? Tons of great answers. A lot of repeats, so... I give Matt permission to cut to the cut to the the punchline of the repeats, Matt. Okay. Okay. I gave you permission. Thank you. Appreciate it. Please take it away. All right. First up from Bradley, I think the only proper answer is everything is coming up Millhouse. It's nice to see the uh, dud finally get a win. Kind of. My brother's favorite character is Millhouse, so I will give his answer now. For some reason, he likes when an itchy and scratchy Pucci show. Millhouse exclaims, "When are they going to get to the fireworks factory before bursting out in tears?" I, I do love <laughs> the fireworks. I, like it's it's such a good. Like, it works on so many meta levels of, like, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? Like, the exciting part. When are we going to get to the good stuff? Yeah. It works. Yeah. Uh, from Matt, in Trilogy of Error, where Milhouse takes Bart to his cave and says, this is where I come to cry. The phrase isn't inherently funny, but his choice of words always shocks me. <laughs> yeah. That's, he says it so genuinely, and it's so depressing. It's like, oh, boy, okay. We're going to put this aside and not unpack that right now. Or ever, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, next up from Dara, uh, Lisa likes Nelson. She does not. Milhouse likes Lisa. He does not. Janie likes Milhouse. She does not. Uter likes Milhouse. Nobody likes Milhouse. Well, yeah. Also, when Nelson gets the note saying, guess who likes you? It sees Milhouse smiling, raising his eyebrows. Gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, Milhouse is carried on a stretcher after that one. That's, that's a bit much. Uh, from Matt Aaron, I know most people will go with a dub, but my favorite sequence is from the beginning of that episode. First with his impersonation of sprinklers, and then up yours, Scrabapple. Yeah, that's honestly better than the dud. Let's be real. Uh, excuse uh, me? Yes, Robbie. Deal with it. Okay. Uh, from JJ, okay. remember the time he ate my goldfish and you lied to me and said I didn't have any goldfish? Why did I have the bowl, Bart? Why did I have the bowl? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. From Tim Skinner. Millhouse, lower your eyebrow. And the other one, whoever says lower your eyebrow, it's, it's an eyebrows. All right, uh, from Adrian, I've always been a fan of Homer Millhouse interactions and the Millhouse, what? From Bart the Mother always gets me. From the first fan, what? From Millhouse to the way you can hear Dan Castellano's voice echo in the recording booth to Marge's underage line, we need Bart to help fold your father's underpants. But my favorite part is that Millhouse doesn't even skip a beat because you know Homer is probably shouting out to Millhouse and many other townsfolk several times a week. Honorable mention to badger my ass, it's probably Millhouse. <laughs> I didn't even think of that one. Thank you, Adrian. All right. Uh, from Derek, Millhouse is the ultimate second fiddle. He can't even make it directly into the title of a Millhouse episode, Bart's Friend Falls in Love. The best gag demonstrating this is his amazing scene ending line, Oh boy, the carnival in Summer of Four Foot Two. He just emerges from behind a box of cereal, being that he was there the whole time whilst Lisa medicine Bart with a bottle of syrup. Was it syrup or was it honey? I thought it was honey. Either way. Uh, what was he thinking? Was he completely zoned out? It's bizarre and hilarious. Uh, next up from Timothy, Nobody likes Millhouse. 
Uh, from af- at After Thief Millhouse, how'd it go? Are we down with them? Bart, no, they must have seen you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from at Brave New, uh, Lisa, when you get back to class, just give him this note. Oh, please. Millhouse's brain. When she sees you'll do anything she says, she's bound to respect you. Oh, Millhouse. Oh, at least Millhouse is learning this lesson early in uh, elementary school instead of high school. Uh, Millhouse, sure. What's a big sister for? Oh, I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, from at Hey, it's Frisky. Guess who likes you? <laughs> The entire scene of the EMT going, he can't hear you. We had to pack his ears with gauze. Might be my favorite moment in the entire history of the show. <laughs> Rob, you picked the dud, and apparently everyone is picking Guess Who Likes I You. I didn't pick anything yet, man. You have no idea what I picked, okay? That's true. That's true. Uh, and finally, from Brian, uh, the entire thing, uh, being with Mr. Largo say, Lisa Simpson, is there something funny about the word tromboner? And then we go through the whole so-and-so likes Millhouse. And finally, I end up with nobody likes Millhouse. Robbie, what is your answer? Uh, my answer is dud adjacent, Matt. Okay, it is oh, not dud adjacent. Okay. It's not the, like I, like many great Simpsons gags. There are the layers of it, right? It's not just the reveal in Summer Four Four Two of like the, of the of the, the playing the dating game and oh, it's the dud and it looks like oh we and Milhouse looks like the dud, but my and like I don't know. It's the sh- the animation, the shot, and like this comes up on on Twitter all the time with uh, with Josh Weinstein uh, and like and other Simpsons creators from the time period. But the shot of Homer's face when he sees the dud and then realizes Millhouse is the dud, and there's like this, and I've talked about this before, I'm sure, where he just slowly smiles, like it's, and it takes like five seconds of of just of homer slowly revealing a smile when he because he's putting this together in his head he's like oh my god millhouse is the dud that is actually my favorite the favorite like involving millhouse it is millhouse the dud adjacent the dud reveal is part of the whole of of the of homer the smile and then then oh we have the dud the dud is so obviously it's always very good. But also, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? It's probably my runner-up. I just, it's, it's so good. That uh, is definitely fair. Greg, you have an answer? I like the flood pants. Everything's coming up. Millhouse. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of my go-to. It's a quote that gets said regularly around my house. So, yeah. Uh, Matt? Uh, I'm going to have to go with, uh, remember Alf? He's back in Pogfog. I use that. I use that anytime someone says, "Oh, such and such is back," and I'm like, "Oh, is it in Pog form?" So you know. uh, he's back. He's in back Pog in, fog, in Pog form. I, don't, I, it, I mean, Bart sells his souls. Incredible episode. All those episodes, they're so good. Um, next week's question: What's your favorite? We're gonna we're gonna keep on this train, run as much as we can. It's nice to have a lot of laughs after we cover a terrible episode. So next week's question was your favorite gag involving Mr. Burns. Uh, I'll post this question on all the social media, Twitter at Simpson show pod. You can email us to Simpson show pod at gmail.com. And finally we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Simpson show. I post the question publicly. So if you do not have to, you don't have to support us to answer the question on there and it's the easiest place to find it. Probably um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the no Google trivia challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stomp the other. I have a four-point lead on Matt this season. I'm going to keep it. I need to keep it up. 
need to stay strong. I've lost a lot to Matt and Greg. We'll see. Pretty much like five years in a row now. Five seasons in a row, I think. it's Or more, <laughs> I've lost to Matt. I've only beaten Matt once, and we've tied once, and then every other time Matt has beaten me. <laughs> I believe in you, Robbie. Don't, I believe don't in you. Don't patronize me. Don't, <laughs> don't, I don't, I'm, I can handle it. I can handle loss. I'm okay. I'm a big boy. Your easy question, Matt. Which celebrity provides the intro to the Springfield Files? Uh, I believe that would be Leonard Nimoy's In Search Of. That is correct. That's correct. All right. Your easy question. Who does Mr. Burns run against for governor in two eyes on a, uh, every, or sorry, three eyes on every fish and... Is it two two cars in every garage and three eyes in every fish? I can never yes. two cars in every garage and three eyes in every fish. That is yes, it's the clunkiest title of the early episodes. Uh, yeah. Mary Bailey, you are correct. I, that's an easy. That's almost like a medium question. I was gonna uh, say well, it was almost easy, like medium, but I was like, that's too easy. I mean, you're yeah. obviously gonna get that one. I can't give you a medium question that you're gonna get. Okay, you. I mean. It's, it's fine. I'm going to be very mean to you, Matt, for the rest of the season because I want to win desperately. No! Your medium question. What are the mysteries listed by Agent Mulder as he monologues in a field? Three mysteries. Oh, God. Three mysteries. Okay. Um, okay, okay. Uh, something the Tibetan numerologists, the unsolved mysteries of unsolved mysteries, and the voodoo priests of Appalachia. You're so close, Matt, but... You're oh, oh so you're oh so far because it's the voodoo priests of Haiti, Haiti, which is that's a real one, and then that's you a get real one, yeah. I'm like, what? but then the weird. second one is the Tibetan numerologists of Appalachia. That okay, that's which what it was. Dang it. is complete nonsense. <sighs> and then finally, the unsolved yeah. mysteries of unsolved mysteries. You got pieces of t- of those other two. You just mixed. Uh, I know, them. I know. I'm sorry. All right, that's fair. That's fair. All right, your medium question. What nickname does Burns call the common man in his little diatribe before his commercial that is inadvertently broadcast? Uh, Joe Lunchpail. Ooh, I'm sorry, Robert. It's Johnny Lunchpail, but I will give you a point for that. Get the Lunchpail I'm not, I'm not, I'll take it. I ain't proud. I'll take those points. Uh, That's the important part, really. Your hard question, Matt. In the Springfield Files, which five aliens are presented to Homer in a lineup? Okay. Um, It is... Kang, Alf, um, the robot from the day the Earth stood still, Marvin the Martian, and oh man, Bender? No, <laughs> really for Bender. Um, you said no immediately, so I will. I will. I'll let you pick again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, God, uh, alien. Uh, oh, what's the the alien from the Flintstones? Uh, <laughs> He's not an alien, but sure. I don't think he's, he's an, an alien. Is he an alien? I thought he was just like a little green guy that follows Fred Flintstone around. He's an insta- interdimensional. Great kazoo. Hey, what are you doing? Great kazoo, what yeah. are you doing? What are you doing? Are you helping Matt? This is what we're doing now. You're just giving <laughs> him right, an great kazoo. Name, I know that's not right, but yeah, it's not great kazoo. And I thought great kazoo was interdimensional. I didn't think he was an alien. I thought he was like an interdimensional trickster. Um, but interdimensional is still an alien. But is it? Technically, I mean, not from this. Yeah, area not of this area. Yeah, they're an alien. Even a time traveler can definitely be an alien. Correct. <sighs> oh god, this makes my brain hurt. Um, I'm well. Okay, Matt. Uh, do you know the name of the robot from the Earth, the day the Earth stood still? Oh, um, it is uh, Klaatu. <laughs> I mean, that is the infamous line. Do you know, Greg? This is. Do you know this? 
the name of the alien? The robot from the day the Earth stood still. Do you remember the name? No, of I know. I know the the saying that they use in uh, Army of Darkness. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's pulled from that. Klaatu versus Nick, Nick too. Yeah, that's that's from necktie. Neck, necktie, exactly. <laughs> um, well, Matt, then you got three. You got three out of five. Oh. Because uh, Marvin the Martian. Kang or Kodos. I don't think they actually tell you which one it is. And then Alf. But uh, then you, the one you didn't name at all is Chewbacca. Oh, Chewbacca, of course. And then yeah. the name of the, I, I'm, I needed the name for the robot. Uh, Gort is the, is the robot's name. Gort? Yeah. Gort. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Bum, 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 bum. Fine. I've got to be mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. Your hard question. Who are the members of Mr. Burns' election team? There are one, two, three, oh, four, no. five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's if you get no, what? six of them, you get one point for every two that you get correct. There's no way. Uh, like, I remember they ha- all have, like, titles. Like, you know, there's, like, one that's the muckraker mm-hmm. and, uh, you're, like, your, uh, I don't know, your rumor monger and things like that. But I can't remember any of them, Matt. There's no no way. Okay. All right. Uh, I asked you this because I was able to think of, uh, I believe, six of them off the top of my You're head. You're crazy. So you are crazy. To... How, that's, that's how fair, can that's you fair. do that on uh, Earth? The ones I got were the muckraker, the character assassin, the garbologist, uh, the speechwriter, and the spin doctor. Um, I think actually that's five. Uh, but there's also the joke writer, the makeup man, the personal trainer, uh, and the mudslinger. I consider a muckraker and mudslinger the same, but hey. One rakes, one slings, Matt. You know, yeah, they're they're definitely two different jobs. They're different jobs, obviously. Fair. And Fair. A com- and when you're in a com- political uh, committee you know, or political uh, role, there's not too, you know, there's collaboration. Mm-hmm. Muckraker and mudslinger might work in in tandem. One breaks mm-hmm. it, and then the other slings it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it for trivia. I have now have a five point lead on that. I just have to be mean. That is the. You know, I just have to spare all my. Uh, <laughs> My nice feelings towards Matt, and instead, it, sound, it sounds like you need to just come up with a lot of list questions. See that you say that you say that, Greg, and then Matt will trick you. Matt will surprise you, and <laughs> he'll name everything. And we need you to name twenty out of these thirty. I mean, oh also, it's just we've done this for hundreds of episodes now, so there's so many questions we've already answered. Uh, and I asked, so I, we do try and bring up new ones, even though we sometimes fail at that and do questions we've asked, you know, a hundred episodes ago, but <laughs> we do try and keep it relatively fresh. We can move on to our final little segment, the segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compile a list of every episode ever and how good they are. This episode's terrible. Um... Uh, I already said it's worse than our last episode, uh, which was Lisa Simpson, This Isn't Your Life, which is number 401 on our list. I think this is better than Mona Levza, which is... Okay, a, that's fair. That's, that's number. Fair. That's 410. Honestly, I would probably put this below Million Dollar Maybe, because this is just so pointless and meandering. Like if it had stuck with one plot, I could move a little higher than that. But I think I would rather watch Million Dollar Maybe again than this. And this is bad. Is it better than the Squirt and the Whale, the episode where they explode a realistic looking oh. whale? I'm going to say yes, because I really hate the fact that 
there's a dream in the middle where Lisa saves the whale and then they take it away from her. That's really mean, and I really don't like that. Is it meaner than them purposely torturing an aged man who's lost his mind? Uh, yeah, because that's mean to him, and and them making giving me hope is mean to me. So I'm going to say that's worse. See, here's the thing, Matt. I think I'd rather watch the squirt in the whale again than this one. Really? I think so. I think that's just because this is fresh in your mind. Because that squirt in the whale was real bad. It was bad overall, and that like blowing up the whale in general. It's mm. okay. What was to surveil with love again? I don't remember any of these. And that's where they put uh, CCTV cameras everywhere, and there's the one spot where they can't see. Oh, oh God. Um, okay, no, that one's better than this one. That was a slightly better. I remember moments of yeah, joy. I remember, I remember moments of joy in To Surveil With Love. I think then right between that, them, that where, I think that's where it goes. Between To Surveil With Love and <sighs> The Squirt and the Whale. Yeah, I, I could be okay with that. I mean, this episode's just not... It's not very good. My question for you, Greg. Mm. Is this the worst episode of The Simpsons you've actually seen? Oh, uh, well, yeah. I guess in recent memory, because I haven't watched it in 15 years. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I think it's a good uh, little reminder that uh, it's okay not to watch The Simpsons. It's uh, – for these years, I would – yeah, just skip them. There's nothing – there's none... I did recently. I just saw an article this morning that said The Simpsons is good again. The past couple of years have been decent, like worth watching. They've been much better than previous. Like not every episode's good, but they're watchable and the, and there are good episodes. I will. Yeah. I, can, I personally will vouch. Me and Matt do them for our, for the Patreon. I'll plug the Patreon once again. Uh, we do new episode reviews, and there some of them are actually really good. Uh, you know, some of them are stinkers, but. I don't necessarily. Well, none of them. Feel, none of them are as bad as this. None of them. So, do do you feel that um, they've gone back to more of a classic episode, or they've evolved into something different? Something different. Uh, cannot okay. they cannot compete with Golden Years? Still, the Golden Years. I mean, a lot of that is just they. Spent, and they're not really trying. Really, they spent so much time in those episodes. Like they were, you know, working right. hundred hour weeks and stuff to get that stuff so so perfect. Um, I mean, you had people like Conan O'Brien. Yeah, working. Of, yeah, exactly. You had in a murderer's row of comedic talent at the, working yeah. in the same place. Um, but I do, I will applaud them for like they are trying new things. They're doing straight like they're like you get like they're getting new talent under into right episodes that people that haven't been on the show before, like new voices which are providing interesting perspectives and making the show slightly somewhat different than it has been, which is what they should be doing at this point. It's season thirty four of The Simpsons. Let it be crazy, man. Let it be weird or different. And a lot of like, and even if you strike out, I'd rather you strike out trying something. Do you new. do you feel that there has been a shift since Disney bought Fox? Not at all. Really? So you don't think that that the it, quality of episodes had peaked up? No, I think like even before the the purchase went through the. The show had been at, I think, at this the level it's at now, where it's like you, it's not unreasonable to expect a decent episode every week. Um, before the purchase went through, and also like the lead time on episodes is so long, I think they're just now getting to episodes that were actually produced under the watch of Disney. Like it still takes two years to make a Simpsons episode with the writing and animation time and all that. So, like. They just this past season was like the first time like they even some of the episodes were under the Disney purview, 
and I thought since like season 31, I would say that most of the episodes are worth watching or 30, maybe even. It takes two years to make an episode of the Simpsons. It's probably a little bit less now. I know in the good old days, yeah, it took two years basically or a year and a half to, to between when it first, there's the, the very first draft of the script through revise, you know, writing the, the going through script revisions and then a table read and then sent to animation and then, you know, animation revisions and all that stuff. Yeah. Like it takes wow, well, 16 months, maybe at, least, at this point, maybe it's probably a year and a half, but cause they probably have sped up, but it, it takes Dang. a long time to make a show. Like it's not South Park. They don't two weeks turnaround or whatever it is. Right. They have to traditional animation takes time. Um, we're not done though. We have one more question to answer. And that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? I mean, there's nothing keeping this episode. No, this in the is cannon. no, 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 no. There's no reason. There's no reason to keep this around. Do you want to do the honors, Greg? What do I need to do? You just need to say the words, fire the cannon. Fire the cannon. There it goes. Doesn't that feel better? Yeah. It feels like it does. I say this every week. It does genuinely feel a little bit better. It makes me feel a little bit better to like hear the cannon noise and imagine the subset flying off into into oblivion and I never have to think about it, worry about it ever again. Um, so no, of course this isn't part of the canon. It's terrible. There's nothing in it that's important. I would not recommend anyone even pay attention to this thing. Um, we're going to ask the same question about every episode as we work our way down from the top of our list, which is currently number 141, Homer Defined. And I'm going to say right away, of course, this Homer Defined is part of the canon. Absolutely. Homer Defined is a, uh, I would, a, a template for the Homer episodes. And it's one of those episodes I've seen probably more than any other Simpsons episode. But it definitely, it's definitely part of the canon. Homer, Homer Defined is wonderful. It has Magic Johnson in it. You pulled a Homer. <laughs> Indeed it does. Um, let's see. You can find this little sort of website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. It has links to everything there. Our next episode, next week, is How Munched Is That Birdie in the Window? I, I, what? Uh, Lisa reveals that she has a fear of birds. Bart bonds with a pigeon named Raymond. Okay. <laughs> and the bird dies. And the episode guest stars Danica Patrick as herself and Rachel Weiss as a vet of some sort. Oh, no, no. She's a, a therapist that talks to Bart. Oh, no. What is going on? Why is there so much? Like, I like I, there's just I'm looking at the, the plot. There's just so much in this. I'm like, uh. And okay, Ooh, we're going to talk about that next week. I'm already angry. Rage. All right. Uh, that's, yeah, that's on our website. You can watch along with us if you want. Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Simpsons show. I'll plug it once, plug it again. Uh, Greg, plug your stuff. Hey, I'm Greg, a.k.a. The Movie Mutant. You can find all my stuff at themoviemutant.com. Uh, you can follow me on social media. And please check out our brand new podcast me and Robbie got going on called The Cult Video Vault. Uh, episode out right now. Troll 2, uh, we'll be releasing episodes bi-weekly every Friday. Uh, we're putting a lot of work into this, uh, and I think it's really good. Um, we're having a lot of fun, and we're talking about lots of really fun, weird, and bad movies. 
and I think you'll enjoy it. And hopefully we'll turn you on to some ones you haven't seen before. We want to inspire you to dig through the garbage and find those little gems that uh, people don't know about. Yeah, dig through your own vault. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to also plug, go go subscribe right now to the Cult Video Vault. Go listen to our first episode uh, dedicated to Troll 2. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is true. I spend all of my time taking care of kittens, which you can see at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. Uh, they are numerous and belligerent. Well, relatively belligerent at this point. Uh, they're starting to calm down, but they're getting even cuter somehow. So you should check them out. And if you're in the Central Florida area, perhaps you could adopt these adorable little babies. Uh, well, that will call today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you, bye to the Simpsons. Shh.